haven't got my audio set back up the way I want it to. But that's old. Hang on. happening i've been having um i've been having a tough time going to sleep lately and it's never been something that has ever been a problem for me like i mean i'll have i'll have certain you know i'll have nights where it's tough to go to sleep and um and you know those nights where you're up till two or three and you don't know why, but it's, uh, it's really been for like a couple weeks now where no matter what time I go to bed, whether it's like 10 PM or 1 AM, I get to bed and my eyes are just wide open. And I start to think about everything going on in my life. And then you hit a point where you think, how do you go to sleep? Like how have I lived 45 years now and I've never figured out how to go to sleep? Like, and you'll lay there and you'll think to yourself, well, maybe if I just clear my mind and, and do this and that, but then you get to thinking about the process so much that you just stay awake even longer. And when you finally do go to sleep and you wake up the next morning, you sit there and you think, well, what did I do? I, I have no idea what I did. And so, this has kind of been a problem for me the past couple of weeks and I, I don't know what's the cause of it. And, uh, I don't like it. Like people who suffer from insomnia, I, I feel for you because I would say I do not have insomnia, but I'm having, I'm having issues, man. I'm just having issues and I can't, I can't figure out the, the key right now. It's like I lost the key to sleep. What about like Valerian root or hard liquor? Well, I mean, that's kind of cheating. And and that's the thing is I haven't, I've thought about, you know, swigging a, a couple capfuls of NyQuil or something and, and no, you don't need to do it. Yeah. The liquor was a joke, but um, <laughs> Valerian root is, you know, it's just a natural sleep aid, sleepy time tea, you know? Well, then do you become reliant on that? That's the thing is, you know, maybe once or twice I would do it if, if I really needed sleep, but um do you eventually become, you know, I mean, do you eventually need that to go to sleep? And I then, don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing is I, I've always been afraid to, to try like sleeping pills or things like that. Uh, well, Valerian roots, like just a natural additive that makes you a little sleepy. That's what's in sleep. I prefer, I prefer caffeine. In that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably helping. No, I mean, that's the thing though, is I could drink, I could drink caffeine in the past all the way up till like nine and have no problem. I'm not saying I do that still, but mm-hmm. I just don't get it. And then uh, the other thing, and I don't know why I started talking about sleep. You can totally change the subject if you'd like, but the other thing is uh, um, I, I don't know. I know everybody has weird sleeping habits. And, and uh, another thing that's been bothering me is I can't figure out what to wear anymore. Like, you know, I know some people are asleep in the nude. Some people are sleeping full head to toe pajamas. And 
you know, I've always kind of been, you know, cowboy hat and an astronaut suit, (laughs) the less, the better for me. And, and now it's to the point where I get too cold and then I get too hot and I get, and I'm, so not only am I not sleeping, I'm just constantly shedding and adding layers of clothing in the middle of the night too. It's a problem. So you're 45 now. That's what it is, right? That is my age. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're an old man. (laughs) Well, I, uh, I was talking to another friend about it and he said he doesn't have problems sleeping. But every single night now, he gets up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. Every single night. He's my age. And I'm not having that problem yet. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, getting old. That's it's all, something. Down, all downhill. It is all downhill. And now I'm dealing with all sorts of other things right now that, that come with getting old. Like, I, I make old man noises when I sit down or when I bend oh, over yeah. and pick something up. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, or, like, just, I had to... There was, there was something on the ground I had to pick up, and I actually sit and I stared at it for a second, thinking, "Oh God, I don't, don't want to do this." And then it was just, this, uh, yeah, yeah, all right. And yeah, I know this happens to everybody. I'm not unique mm-hmm. in, in any way, and yada yada yada, whatever. I just. Uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on with me right now. And then you hit these stretches where you just kind of you're not yourself, and you you're trying to figure out, you know, when when was I ever normal? Like when you know, I, I want those days where I didn't think about all this stuff. And oh, and, I've never been normal. Yeah, but not sleeping affects your days too. Like the next day, you're you're just not yourself. And yep. And, uh, yeah. So We're all practicing for the grave. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's sad, but it's true. That's right. So that's so, my that's my rant. The Sanford Spinners dropped two games last night, and uh, they are playing two more tonight. Their final games of the season, and I think if they win both of them and some other things that are out of their control go their way, there's still a shot at making the playoffs. Okay. But they would have been in a much better position if they'd won one or both of those games yesterday. But they had they had they had a good run here at the end of the season, four games straight. It's kind of kind of exciting to watch. Well, I guess being playing for something in your final week in your first year. I mean, I guess we would have all taken that, right? Right. It was a it was a fun experience this year. Maybe if you had uh, you know made contact with the catcher's mitt on the first pitch, it wouldn't have you know jinxed them somehow. Have we talked about that yet? I don't know, but I mean, we talk about it last week? I, I bring I bring it up all the time that you fired me. So, uh, yeah. Well, if we haven't talked about it, uh, I, I I wasn't trying to throw it real hard. I also wasn't trying to lob it. I was trying to show that I had some skill and uh i let go of the ball way too early and not only did it did it sail over the catcher's head he had to jump yeah he did one of those yeah we we did talk about this last week because i i speculated on what if you know he came down and injured the leg (laughs) full break yeah goes goes through the the shin guards he's wearing yeah (laughs) oops oops (laughs) 
So uh, who is our guest today? Because um, I, I asked that knowing full well who our guest is today, but I'm asking for, for the people who are listening. Which, by the way, did you get that? Uh, did you get that comment we got from a a listener on our last podcast? Um, I don't. That? I don't think so. I don't have it in front of me, but he said something to the extent of, um, "Just discovered you guys. Enjoyable podcast. Nice listen. Keep it up. We'll keep listening." I was like, "Okay, oh, yeah, all right." <laughs> where 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 was the comment? Uh, it's on our website, and uh, um, I can find it real quick. If, uh, I've, I've got the website pulled up. Um, yeah, um, and I only bring that up because uh, you know we we know we're not. Hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? You find uh, it? It's Tomas. Fun talk. Keep podcasting. I love Sanford, and I'm going to listen to your news from now on. There you go. And someone else says, can you explain what an indie fest is? Some of your readers are not quote unquote up on all the new stuff. Would an over 75 female be interested in indie? That's a, you know, that's a good question. And I'm going to let you answer that because indie, as I understand it, means you're, you are an independent artist. You, you are not beholden to a record label and, um, while I know indie can mean any any genre of music, any type of music, usually it's associated with bands who are less mainstream and, um, you know, not not yet discovered. I guess is is that an accurate description of the term? Sure, but I think in in this case, indie probably refers more to the. Um... The independent, you know, uns, not necessarily unsigned, but you know, not not associated with a big label. It's sort of a meaningless, meaningless term in some ways because I mean, having a record label anymore isn't always even something that's necessary to to get to get to make it in music. But in this case, the Carolina Indie Fest is all different genres of music, so there's kind of something for everyone. And that's sort of the whole point of this uh, series of podcast interviews. We're playing two songs from each, uh, each of the artists that we interview. Um, and we, we plan on doing one of these interviews every week between now and the festival, which is in September. So, you know, between now and then you'll help you. If you listen to this podcast, you'll, you'll figure out if it's something that you'd be interested in. Today's guest is tough on Fridays and they are an Austin, Texas based band who, um, one of several who are playing Indie Fest in Sanford. And I um, I was listening to some of their stuff um, in preparation for this interview. And um, it's good. It's good stuff. It reminds me of some 90s um, bands that were really popular uh, on, uh, you know, alternative rock stations. And I think you, you described it more as a pop punk. And I was thinking more of a, like, Veruca Salt type, thing and i know it's it, it's not always great to compare bands to other bands but uh no I, I i think it was good stuff and i think they'll uh they'll be fun to watch live as well the two songs that they sent to us um were what i based my comment off of and you know um i heard maybe a little more polished uh version of chord progressions you would have heard from bands like 
Green Day or Blink-182 in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. And um, But then you sent me a YouTube link and to another song, and I got yeah, much was, more uh, of an alternative was, uh, rock vibe. So they're probably, like many bands anymore, you know, drawing from a lot of influences. So I'm looking forward to talking to them about that. They have a song on YouTube, um, a video out on YouTube for a song called Undone. And uh, that's, yeah, that's where I was basing my my description of their sound off was, was, was that video. But uh, it was funny when I clicked the video, I wasn't signed in. And it said um, that uh, I had to sign in to verify that I was over 18 to watch it. <laughs> and then I, I watched it and there was nothing about it that suggested, um, you know, I had to be older than I was to uh, to watch it. So. Right. Maybe you had an explicit lyric. So yeah, they're, they're based out of Georgetown, Texas, which is um, actually really close to Austin and San Antonio in that area. And um, we're going to ask them, but I assume their, their involvement in this festival has to go back to um, the promoter of the um, Indie on Air uh, people who um, have done a lot of stuff with the uh, South by Southwest. That's what I was trying to think of. I went to Austin City Limits, and that's not an indie fest at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got I gotta um, assume it's, that they're that they uh, are involved through that. So anyway, yeah, they were one of the that. they were one of the first um, artists that were announced as performing. This is Party Scene by Tough on Fridays from Georgetown, Texas. Tough on Fridays will be performing at Carolina Indie Fest in downtown Sanford on September eighteenth and nineteenth.
our guests today are members of Tough on Fridays who are from Georgetown, Texas. Is that correct? Yes, sir. sir. Why don't you guys just um, start out by telling us about yourself and how long you've been a band and, you know, what it is that you do and and all that good stuff. Well, Tough on Fridays originated a very long time ago in like, I think, no, end of 2016. And we've been going for that long. Carly actually joined, what, a year ago? It's been like a year. Yeah. Yeah. We just hit a year like two weeks ago. Yes. Carly is still with us. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been so much fun. I think this is like prime Tough on Fridays where we are right now. Awesome. Prime. Prime. I'm honored. <laughs> so um, yeah. do, you, do you want to tell us about, you know, how many releases you've got, what your uh, what your playing schedule has been like? Hmm. Um, releases have been good. We're kind of just focusing on singles for now. Okay. And then, of course, we have an album that was amazingly funded by our Kickstarter and our fans. That was awesome. So that'll come out, I think, next year. Um, and then the shows, they've been picking up quite a bit. Yeah. And we've been having awesome. somewhat of an audience, I think. We've been playing, what, like almost every other weekend, every three weekends yeah. or so. so. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been really nice. And, I mean, yeah. do you guys play mostly around Texas, or have you been all over the country or, or different regions? Mostly around Texas. We've been leaving Austin, though. We haven't been playing as much in Austin, more like Dallas and Houston. Yeah. Um, okay. But that's... A lot of Dallas. A lot of Dallas. We like Dallas. We do love Dallas. Gordon, Gordon knows I'm dying here. Yeah, (laughs) Billy, Billy is from Texas. I'm from Dallas. (laughs) You're from Dallas? Yes, I grew up in Dallas. I'm going to date myself considerably here. I grew up um, in the 90s in Dallas, um, listening to the Toadies and uh, the Buffalo <laughs> Surfers and, and uh, oh God, um, Baboon and some other bands like that. And uh, it's we crazy because they're all they're all still touring right now. But yeah, you guys come from Austin, which has an incredible music scene there. Um, I've been there for Austin City Limits. I've never been there for South by Southwest, but um, I remember going there when I was younger and just, you know, immersing myself in in downtown and the music scene there and uh tell us about that tell us about playing in austin and, and coming out of austin and what just what it's like there because uh it, it's a far different experience if, if you've Way never been different. well i will say you were talking about the toadies i don't know if you're <laughs> familiar with vallejo at all um but they were playing around with toadies i guess around the 90s um and i I know a couple of the Vallejos and that kind of music scene, I think is really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked at School of Rock. So a lot of like the old school Austin musicians are kind of there. Um, And that particular music scene has been really cool to be a part of because they know the area, they know everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really tight scene. And uh, I I think it also had its own, um, uh, it also had its own sound, I think, which, you know, didn't really take off like, like some of the Seattle bands in the nineties, I guess, but it, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was this, it was this Texas rock that, you know, it was the, the driving guitars and, and just this excitement to it. And I think uh, it was a re- it was a really fun scene back then. And uh, I, I've, I've been in North Carolina the last 15 years now, so I don't know what the music scene is like there anymore, but uh, I, like I said, it, it, it was different then. And I, I, I hope it remains the same now. I wish it did because it's changed a lot. I think even our manager, Eric can say like, 
it's a little bit more like, um, at least in our experience, it's like more almost like jazzy or like blues, bluegrass kind of kind of feel. That music's great. It's it's definitely evolving and changing. But I think that's why we've been going to Dallas a lot because that music scene from Dallas is kind of or the the awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely changed. But we're glad to go back pretty soon. So yeah. Um, I wanted you guys to talk about your music a little bit. Um, I listened to two songs that Eric sent and I picked up one thing and the thing that jumped out at me was almost like a pop punk sound um, that was very <laughs> polished. And Billy sent me a YouTube link to a song that I got a totally different vibe from. I think it was, uh, what was the name of it, Billy? We were just talking Undone. about it. Undone. Yeah. Undone. Um, yeah. So are you guys drawing from a, you know, a variety of influences or, or is, or is it, are you changing direction or is it just, you know? So I wrote um, Undone and probably, you probably listened to Party Scene or mm -hmm. one of those. Yeah. Party Scene's a great song. I love playing that it song. Was very good. It's very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, my heart is definitely in pop punk. I love it so much. I grew up listening to Paramore, Blink, a little bit of Nirvana too. That's not really pop punk, but nowadays right. I'm listening to a lot of like basement. I'm listening to, I'm going back and listening to some old surfer rock stuff. And I'm really, in, I've also been listening to Brand New and mm -hmm. they're really just shaping, I think our band a lot. It's, it's giving me a lot of inspiration so well too i think um every kind of style of tough on fridays has has looked a lot like the um the makeup of tough on fridays as well like you've seen an evolution as you've sure. gone through different players and things and um i think the next album is probably going to be even more different <laughs> yeah sure. like i think we'll just continue to see a good growth in that so I'm excited. Gordon tried to convince me once. I think I, maybe we were drinking one night. Gordon tried to convince me that, that Nirvana was was heavily influenced by pop music and and <laughs> and really? like, so when you when you mentioned Nirvana just now and you said, but that's not really pop. I think Gordon tried to convince me once that that uh, <laughs> it, all of, all of his stuff was super catchy and and uh, mm -hmm. it made sense. I don't know. I can't. I I've never listened to him the same since. But, but I was um, about to say it makes it makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it smells like Teen Spirit is uh, Boston's more than a feeling with like two of the chords reverted. <laughs> like, so never that, gonna be able to listen to that song the same now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so when people but, um, when people um, come to you know this indie fest here in Sanford, which uh, we're gonna ask you about uh, how you got involved in this and and uh, how you got the chance to come up here, but um, when they see your show, um, what what. It, you know, what can they expect? What, uh, what kind of show do you guys do? Mm. Very loud drums. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Chris is an animal. Chris um, is an animal. Nice. But I think it's very genuine. Um, like the, just the exchanges between us on stage mm -hmm. and with the audience, I think it feels very inclusive when we play. Um, it's like personal too. Yeah. Like everyone is kind of doing like, we're all in it together. And I think you can feel that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. otherwise we hear lots of chorus on the <laughs> guitar. Um, 
a lot of people have been resonating with the uh, cabin fever. Oh, that yeah. was our latest release because this whole COVID thing. Uh-huh. And it's not even related to COVID. It wasn't even related to COVID. <laughs> she predicted COVID. I'm responsible for it. <laughs> um, talk about your how your writing process. Do you guys write songs individually and bring them to the band, or is it a collaborative process? How does that work? So Carly has a big creative brain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I put words on like uh, a sheet of notebook paper and I go, Carly, <laughs> do something with this. Right. You're, okay. <laughs> you're like, so she's really good at just creating things on the base. Like we have a song that we're probably going to work on after this. And she's really good with coming up with really cool stuff on the base. I love it. I can't do that, you know? So mm-hmm. it's really, it, that's also new. Like in the past, like with other members of the band, it wasn't really like that. It was kind of just all me. Sure. So it's 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 definitely becoming more of a collaboration. And I guess you oh, referenced yeah. that earlier. It's that that sort of thing will change the sound of a band over time. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. How did you guys get hooked up with um the Indie on Air thing and, and the whole Carolina Indie Fest situation? I would say that was probably mostly our, our manager Eric, Eric who has yeah. done a fantastic job yeah. of getting our name out there. Um and working too with I don't know if you've heard, uh, but we signed with a record label out of Australia. Um, oh, awesome. Golden Robot Records. So mm-hmm. Eric has been a, a driving force <laughs> in all of that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. He's been incredible. I don't know if he's on here, but he probably has the answer to that question. <laughs> it, it looked like he was having some technical difficulties. Yes, but that, um, that happens, yeah. <laughs> but so well, what does that mean for you? Before we um, started this interview, Billy and I were were talking, and one of the things I talked about was like having a label um, is sort of different in this day and age than what it would have meant 20 or even 10 years ago. Like, so what sorts of things are you guys being afforded by having this partnership with a label and, and, you know, what can, what can people expect out of you? I know for sure. It's, I, it's different than I think you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you hear a record label, you're like, Oh, they're putting lots of money into this band and all right. this. Um, which is going to come for sure. But right now it's a lot of just getting our name out there to a bunch yeah. of people that have never heard of us. Um, a lot of promotions. They're yes. promoting a lot and they, for us. They know awesome. people all over the world. So it's mm-hmm. less of just like what we can accomplish here in Georgetown. Um, yeah. They're sending it all over, which has been really cool. I see Golden Robots also um, manages Jefferson Starship. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yes. I, I'm looking at the list right now, and uh, so, some of these um, I do recognize uh, um, more on, uh, you know, how music is different now than it was 20 years ago. Uh, are you, do you make albums still? Is it all single driven? Is no. it, uh, is it all depend on how many YouTube hits you get or downloads <laughs> you get on Spotify or, or, you know, how, how do you um, gauge your success now? Well, we are definitely making albums. Yeah, I do think the approach to promoting those has become a lot different. Um, Like if you you go to our Spotify, you will see lots and lots of singles, almost Mm -hmm. like it's um, creating the album one at a time. Um, which is an approach that I never would have thought of. (laughs) Me neither. That's like brand new, like you were just saying. And I think you have to be super aware of the algorithms now, which I am 
not at all. Yeah. But again, Eric is. So <laughs> really, really well. I think Eric was the one that cracked the code about the singles like two years ago or so. Yeah. So, um, but I we are predicting we COVID, just... and you're predicting the, the future of the music industry. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're just a band of uh, superpowers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where but does the name? For did, our newest album that we'll be recording in November. So we'll mm-hmm. start dropping singles, I guess, later okay, in awesome. the year. But awesome. that is what we're looking towards. Cabin Fever is definitely um, an appetizer of what's to come. Yes! <laughs> awesome. Oh, and it sounds so good. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think Billy was just going to ask a question. Um, but I'm going to take it from him. Um, where, does the, where does the name Tough on Fridays come from? <laughs> Let's see. Um, I believe it came from, let's see. We were supposed to play a show on a Friday and we really didn't want to. I guess we, meaning me at the time, because <laughs> Carly wasn't here yet, neither was mm-hmm. Chris. But at the time I was like, uh, I don't really feel like it. Can we do a Saturday? Because like Fridays are like super busy and super rough. And then Eric was like, hey, let's make it tough on Friday. There's your band <laughs> there you name. Go. And I was like, Awesome. (laughs) Which things have definitely changed because now Saturdays are tough and Fridays are much easier. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've already you've already picked the name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we can't. You have the website. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of the website, where can people who listen to this interview go to hear more of your music, um, your social media, all that stuff? Should be at uh, Tough on Fridays, no spaces on everything facebook instagram okay. twitter our twitter's popping yeah yeah Twitter's <laughs> spotify it's all there our band camp same thing oh yeah we've got cool oh we have fun things on band camp we have little dog bandanas right now on yes. oh, yeah you have to go see them they're cute. i i'm uh I, i'm on your band camp. I, I see the merch tab look at this dog bandanas I know. Awesome. They're precious. You gonna be bringing this uh, all this merch with you when you come to uh, you come to North Carolina? We should. We should. Yeah. If you nothing should. else, at least a sign up sheet or something. Yeah. Excellent. That was sure. Excellent. I have not seen bands with dog bandanas before. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> good, good We're job. dog people. Yes. So are so are we. So are we. Well, guys, um, is there anything else that you want to add or or let people know about? I mean, the show is. A, two months away so so it's mm-hmm. a while but is there anything that you want to add or tease to, to people who, who may be hearing this check us out on our social medias kaylee and i are taking over our instagram here pretty soon mm-hmm. so lots of comedic gold oh yeah <laughs> we'll be on there you'll want to see it awesome. <laughs> awesome check out our music uh listen to cabin fever
That was Cabin Fever by Tough on Fridays, who are performing at the Carolina Indie Fest in downtown Sanford on September 18th and 19th. I have not gotten to write about this on the rant yet, but um, hope to this afternoon or over the weekend. But um, Attorney General Josh Stein, North Carolina AG Josh Stein, announced that a $26 billion national settlement has been reached with a number of opioid producers in a lawsuit that was brought by cities and counties all over the nation, including Sanford and Lee County. Um, And the upshot is that there's about $4.3 million available to Lee County over some period of time that'll be paid out for prevention and education and recovery for the opioid crisis. So that seems like good news. It is good news. Uh, you know, back when we were writing about it, I had to, I wrote a, pretty lengthy article and I learned a lot about it uh, when I was when I wrote it for Campbell University's med school back in 2016 I believe 2017 and then we have we've written several stories for the rant about it but um, I learned a lot about just uh, the impact that opioids have had on this part of North Carolina and North Carolina in general and entire country, I suppose. But, um, you know, back in 2017, Wilmington was the top city in the nation. And I, I guess worst city in the nation in terms of, um, opioid overdose. And, uh, they attributed a lot of that to, um, it being so close to I-95 easy access, um, it uh, being close to military bases um, in the military community, it's a serious problem. And then also, uh, you know, for some reason, being close to a beach played a factor in it as well as, and also um, the local economy and several other factors. And, you know, so Wilmington was number one, but then you had Fayetteville, North Carolina, which was number five in the nation. And then you had, uh, um, you know, up in Nash County, I think, uh, Rocky Mountain area was pretty rough too. And then there was, uh, I think out near Asheville, it was pretty bad. But when you put Fayetteville into that, um, Fayetteville also means the entire area around Fayetteville. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, as we've seen the numbers, Sanford um, has definitely been impacted by it. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I know, I know um, there were members on the board commission who, thought that this was a dumb lawsuit who thought, you know, why, why are we, you know, asking the government for money or, or, you know, and it wasn't asking the government for money. It was, you know, why are we going after these, um, these companies? Uh, and the, the reality of it is, is, and I think these lawsuits are proving it that these manufacturers knew what they knew what they were doing. Right. They knew, you know, they knew that this was highly addictive. They knew that um, pushing them onto doctors and paying doctors to prescribe them, which if you go back, you find instances of that as well. Um, it's the reason that this has all happened. I, I go back to when 
when I had, uh, I slipped a disc or, or bulged a disc or something in my back trying to lift a kid when, when I had toddlers and, uh, I, I was in a lot of pain, but it wasn't terrible, terrible pain. You know, it was lingering pain. And I went and saw a local doctor and was prescribed 50 Percocets. Yeah. <laughs> Just, good Lord. Yeah. I'd be careful with that. <laughs> And I took them and, uh, I, I, you know, I took them for a few days and said, no, no, this is, this is too good. Yeah. <laughs> can't do it. Did, have you ever gotten prescribed that codeine cough syrup? No, I haven't. No, oh, I've man. heard it's, uh, I've heard it's, is that that's the key ingredient in the purple drink, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, t- I had to take it one time and uh, like, it made me all woozy and I threw up. It was. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. Oh, no. Percocet was great. It was, uh, I, I took it and it got to the point where, you know, like, couldn't, I couldn't wait to take it. And this is right. just a week into it. You know, I was looking forward to it. You know, I would uh, wait till the wife went to bed and I would, you know, put on my best suit. And <laughs> <laughs> Go see Lady Percocet. No, it was, uh, it was, it was bad. And, and, you know, luckily I, 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 I knew that what it was doing to me and I knew that and it, it coincided with me actually writing that story. So I was learning a lot as I was being prescribed it. So right. um, I was doing research, really in-depth research there. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. That's good news. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And uh, um, I hope that money's put to good use. I'm also uh looking into a number of other things, but um, Lee County commissioners did move ahead with an important step in the uh, sports complex, uh, authorizing the purchase of the land. Anticipate having something on that in our upcoming printed edition. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that on this podcast and it's no secret, we're big fans of the idea. I thought the last hurdle was going to be our county commissioners um, just, you know, pulling the trigger on it, I guess. I know the the vote went through and, and uh, this was supposed to happen, but it still required some governmental action to make it yeah, happen. There's and, still uh, a list of things. They, they yeah, voted to authorize like the a, purchase. They did not vote to purchase, you know, like that sort of thing. There's still. Step. It still seems like a, a big first step. Or, mm-hmm. or not a first step, but a big step. Yeah. Only eight months after the vote. <laughs> <laughs>